days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. All right, well, here's what I'll tell you. We are going to be ready to go come day one. As far as our season goes, we're going to be better than last year. Nobody picked us in 05. Nobody picked us to get in in 2008. We're looking to get back into the playoffs, and hopefully, you know, maybe we can get in this year. I don't know. I think it might be a little bit closer just because 49ers played Seattle last week and they beat them. Hopefully they just play within themselves, just yeah, run the ball. Don't do, don't show any trick, too many trick plays, save them for the playoffs. And, yeah, hopefully stay injury-free and get out there get out there with W. As a player, I want Redbirds fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody, and I just make everybody around me better. That's the question is whether or not he really is going to be the franchise quarterback that they believe he will be. Coming into the season, I didn't know much about him. Didn't know that he was going to be the lights-out three-point shooter that he was. And that's really elevating the Redbird offense to that next level, that level they need to be at to potentially get into the NCAA tournament. I just think what the Cubs need to do is is live up to their potential. You know, there's a lot of guys with a ton of talent on that team, and that's why they won the World Series in 2016. The only way the Cubs are going to live up to their expectations would be go out, win the division, get to the postseason, and win the World Series because they expect to do it, and I think uh, Cubs fans should hold them to a higher standard than what they used to. I'm not saying you have to win the World Series every year, but uh, I think the bar has been raised, and that's made it really fun to be a Cubs fan in Chicago. Hey, everybody. Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score, and ISU Redbird alum. Hey everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. Hey Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now time. Now time. Now time. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome in to the 32nd episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you tonight on April 18th, 2019. Welcoming listeners to the 32nd episode of Will's 5th Quarter Special. I'm here tonight as your host for this special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk. We are talking all things Chicago White Sox and how they're starting the season, what's coming up for the team, how Eloy's looking in his first rookie year with the White Sox so far. I'm looking at what happened between the White Sox and the Kansas City Royals at Guaranteed Right Field and more. So we have a special guest coming on to Will's 5th Quarter Special for the very first time in his first guest appearance on the 5th Quarter Sports Talk. Somebody that is very well versed with the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs as well, doing some work with WGN AM Station 720. Also a fellow WZND alum and ISU alum like myself. He is somebody very well respected in Chicago sports does a podcast as well. We are excited to feature a special interview on the Chicago White Sox that I did with WGN AM 720's reporter and Sox extraordinaire, Kevin Powell. So Kevin Powell and I talked about the White Sox offseason, the whole Machado situation and how the team improved with that with the likes of Yohan Moncada starting off the best he has so far in a White Sox uniform, and Tim Anderson having a career start to the year and a league-leading batting average at four, above 400. And we're going to talk about 
Eloy Jimenez, how he's fitting in with the ball club so far, what Kevin's seen in Eloy, the person and the player that he sees up close with the team, how the team's looking as a whole with the pitching, some of the minor league prospects that are really starting to sprout, like Luis Robert, who's hitting real good, Zach Collins, Dylan Cease, a lot of those other guys, Nick Madrigal as well. Uh, the sudden changes that were made to the lineup yesterday after the Sox fell to the Kansas City Royals 4-3. to And that tough fight that we're going to talk about there where that was between uh, two, uh, two players, one from Kansas City, one the White Sox, and as well uh, some coaching uh, situa- situations and arguments. And we're going to talk about a lot more. So Kevin Powell, ISU, Illinois State University alum, WZND alum as well, making his first appearance on the fifth quarter sports talk. So, Kevin, welcome to Will's fifth quarter special, man. I know we've talked with you about it before, but glad to have you on, man. Pleasure's all mine, my friend. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, obviously, the big topic right now, especially yesterday at Guaranteed Great Field, we're talking the Chicago White Sox this week on Will's fifth quarter special. It's all Chicago White Sox. Now, a lot of people know what you do, but might not know what your everyday duties are like. So. We always like to talk to our personalities that we have on the show and uh, get to know them a little bit. So kind of tell us about uh, your role with WGN and kind of what your everyday duties are like. Well, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, I anchor sports during the Rocon show with Anna DeVlantes. Those are sports updates every 30 minutes. And I sort of chime in throughout the show on a variety of topics as well. Um, On top of that, sports reporter, primarily baseball for the station, covering the Cubs and White Sox. Uh, but I'll do some Bears coverage as well. And uh, kind of wherever they need me, I host shows here and there. I've um, done White Sox pregame. So uh, a little bit of everything, but mostly uh, Monday through Friday on the Rocon shows when you could hear me. Yeah, great coverage as usual. Love hearing what you guys do over there. Great coverage of the Sox as well. And we, we, I guess we have to talk about, we have to start with, of course, uh, where the White Sox have started from the offseason. You know, that's kind of what we have talked a lot about on this show is the offseason season. You know, does Manny Machado come? What do you do if he did after he didn't come? And it mm-hmm. seems like so far this year, we didn't need Machado in the first place from what I'm seeing with Moncada and Tim Anderson playing the way they are. Just in your opinion, how do you feel the season's open to the White Sox so far? Well, it's sort of kind of hit a, a little bit of a, a road bump early on. They kind of fell into a hole record-wise, but they're playing much better as of late. And you mentioned Anderson and Mercado are having huge years. Anderson batting over 400. Mercado looks like he's really finding a comfort zone. He says that the move to third has absolutely helped him, uh, moving from second to third. It, um, that's where he primarily played when he was growing up, when he was in Cuba. So uh, obviously I think the, you know that's helping Mercado right now because he looks, he looks comfortable and he, he looks like the um, you know, former top prospect in the world. So uh, they're off to a they're off to a good start. You know, I think um, the thing with this season is that you got to keep in mind that it is still part of the rebuild. And I know everybody wants to start kind of turning the to- a corner, and it does sort of feel like they're getting there. Uh, but the guys that really matter, the Makatas, the Andersons, Eloy, even is having a nice start here. Um, those guys really matter in the long term rebuild of this thing. So to see those guys who could be your real core foundation, at least offensively playing well, that's huge for the Sox. So uh, I know record-wise, probably not where a lot of Sox fans would like it to be, but the, the bullpen's sort of settling in now as well over the past oh, week, week and a half. So 
I think if the bullpen can pitch well and they can start getting the, the starters deep in the game, I think they can. Um, yeah, I think they can be a pretty interesting team to watch. Yeah, no, I think definitely, as they always said last year, I think that continues Ricky's boys don't quit. And I'm glad you mentioned Eloy Jimenez. That's definitely a name we need to talk about here. You know, really interesting personality. Um, you know, he's doing something in honor of his grandfather, uh, according to the White Sox podcast with the red batting gloves. Uh, what mm-hmm. is, you know, meeting just meeting him in person, you know, for the first time when he came up to the club, Kevin, what's it been like to see Eloy the person and the player as well? Well, he's such a humble guy, and he's such a, a positive guy as well. He's almost always has a smile on his face, and um, you know you can just tell that he, he uh, you know, has a, a right head on, on his shoulders, and he's got perspective. So uh, I've enjoyed talking to him, getting to know him a little bit. But uh, you know, I think Sox fans are really, um, really going to love this guy for a long time. Obviously, he signed that extension, and uh, I think he's here to stay. I mean, uh, you know. We've seen the way teams are attacking him early with a lot of low and away breaking balls, but you can tell he, he belongs in the major leagues. So, um, yeah, I think he's he's going to be a superstar in this league. I really do. Yeah, no, we couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I think there's a bright future for the White Sox. We're obviously seeing the bats are going offensively for the minor league players right now in terms of Nick Madrigal, uh, future second mm-hmm. baseman, Luis Robert, and especially Zach Collins over in AAA. But the thing I'm also wondering, we didn't just bring up Evo Jimenez. They have some newcomers as well, both in the pitching and the lineup. So of those players, is there one that you've really found to be the most interesting uh, fit to this organization this season so far? Uh, you mean currently on the big league roster? Yeah, like what player has kind of stood out to you saying, wow, I really like how he fits? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, James McCann, the uh, the backup catcher, and I don't even know if I'd call him a backup because it's kind of splitting half and half with Wellington Castillo. But um, you know, even from spring training when we talked to him, he brought a he brought us some interesting perspective. And this is a guy that caught in Detroit for for a while, which means he caught for guys like Verlander and Scherzer and um, you know some other really good pitchers. So. Um, I'm not necessarily saying he's off to a blazing start, but uh, he's a veteran guy who's, when you got a young pitching staff, that's that's huge for your team. So he's a guy that knows how to call a game, and, and he's a good defensive catcher as well with a good arm. So I like I liked them bringing in James McCann. I thought it made a lot of sense, and I think he's fitting in. Yeah, no, I also like how well he knows the division. I think that's a pretty good fit, too, for these young pitchers the team's developing in terms of, Ronaldo Lopez, Giolito, and some of the other guys that will be coming through the system in Kopech and Cease. But speaking of James McCann, he was in the game yesterday, and I, I know it's something that's buzzing around the city of Chicago, so we have to talk about it, Kevin. The Royals and White Sox at guaranteed rate yesterday. Something happened <laughs> that we didn't expect with, uh, you know, Brad Keller and uh, Tim Anderson. So kind of yeah. can you give us your views on uh, that situation as it unfolded? Well, fourth inning, Anderson goes deep, hits a two-run blast, does a little bat flip celebration, and jogs around the bases. Brad Keller took exception to it and then pegged Anderson in the sixth inning. And then the dugouts and benches cleared, and then, of course, the bat flip debate continued in baseball, and there's a lot of people who don't like it. Some people think it's great. I think it's fun. I don't want it to be overkill where every time somebody goes deep, they're doing a full-blown celebration. But, like, Tim Anderson's a very likable guy. I think he's got a lot of personality. He's a very competitive guy. And look, I, I'm fine with his celebration. And honestly, 
I'm all I'm actually fine with Keller hitting him. I mean, he hit him in the leg. Um, I guess what I took, I was mostly scratching my head about was why Tim Anderson got ejected from the game. That's really what I didn't understand. Joe West, of course, injecting himself into the game per usual. And uh, that's really kind of where I just didn't understand what was going on, why Tim Anderson gets gets pegged and then he gets tossed. I think that's why a lot of people were scratching their head. Um, so I didn't really understand that. Now, we don't exactly know what was said because Anderson did kind of take a couple steps towards the mound. But uh, among the the uh, you know the entire thing, the entire incident, the, the entire scuffle, that's probably what I was most questioning was why did Tim Anderson get tossed from the game? Yeah, no, I think that's what a lot of fans were wondering as well. But also the Sox fans had to see some tough stuff happen as well with Moncada. It's a good thing he looks okay, didn't have uh, to go through concussion protocols. It was proved negative. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, right before this afternoon's game that's currently in action at Comerica Park, we have Lucas Giolito going to the 10-day injured list. But, you know, guys like Carson Fulmer coming up. Uh, Cordell, do you feel like that could really help this uh, the team with the players they're bringing up to give them these opportunities in this rebuild? Well, I think they're going to continue to give Carson Fulmer a, a lot of looks because he's a former first-round pick. They want him to pan out. Obviously, it looks like his future now is as a reliever, and he's done well down at AAA, and he did have the one stint with the White Sox earlier in the year. Um, I, I think it's it's good to give Carson Fulmer some looks because he does have really good stuff. It's just always been a command thing with him, and, and walking guys last year was, was a disaster when it came to his control. So, sure. I mean, continue to give them opportunities. Ryan Cordell's taking advantage of the opportunity to home run today. So, um, you know, those are guys that uh, I think he can continue to give looks. I don't know if they're necessarily essential to the core of this team moving forward, but sure, why not? Give them a look. And we got one final question for you. It's a little bit loaded here, but the division in the AL Central has been coined wide open. You know, in terms of what Cleveland did in the off season, making some moves, Minnesota made some offensive moves, bringing in guys like Nelson Cruz, Mario Gonzalez, the Tigers and the Royals trying to start their rebuild situations. The White Sox being on the other end of that, being towards the end of a rebuild situation. Where does this kind of put the Sox in terms of their identity as an organization and a team right now in this rebuild, where a lot of guys are going to be seen coming up probably September and uh, moving forward? Where does this team? Uh, have the room to improve their identity as uh, future contenders right now with the the way the division looks. Yeah, I think they just need to continue to be competitive. Look, I don't think the White Sox are going to let anything outside the organization influence the way they approach and address this rebuild. They've continued to preach patience. I don't think they're going to get overly aggressive because it is a weaker division, but they're going to, I mean, they're going to have a lot of opportunities to play some teams with bad records. So, I think that helps. You got to stack up more wins than you had last year. It just kind of feels that way. And I think a lot of the guys were tired of, were tired of losing, want to start winning some more games, but they're going to have a lot of opportunities against the Detroit's and the Royals uh, really and everybody in the division to, to make some moves in the standings. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Dylan Cease gets called up a lot earlier than we thought. Um, Interested to see where Luis Robert finishes the year because he's absolutely destroying it down in, in single A. So, um, you know, I don't think what the division is or who it's made of is really going to impact the way the Sox approach this season, but I think it's going to make it a lot more interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. I know uh, we talked to Luke Stuckmeyer on the show uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago about uh, the Chicago Cubs and Igor Jimenez. And now that you mentioned Dylan Cease, 
how interesting would it be to go to the Crosstown Classic at Wrigley and have Eloy and maybe a cease call-up facing uh, their former team, the Cubs? <laughs> I like it. I like the way you think, my friend. Um, I mean, eventually, somewhere down the road, if it's not this year, maybe next year we'll see both those guys out on the field. Maybe Dylan Cease will get a start at Wrigley. That'd be, that would be something to see for sure. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be fun. That would be fun. We will see. I think Cease will probably get called up sooner than people think. Couldn't agree more, Kevin Powell. We appreciate your time. Continue the great work over at WGN 720. And, uh, folks, if you haven't heard Powell at the Park, you got to tune into that one. Mr. Powell here does really good coverage for that, so definitely check that one out. Kevin Powell, though, your first appearance on the show. We were very excited to have you on, and uh, we look forward to having you now more in the future, man. It was a really good time, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Well, appreciate you having me on. Thank you. So that was some really great insight, and it was a very fun interview uh, that we I did with WGN Radio's Kevin Powell. That was a lot of fun. Kevin brought some really good insight, brought some real good energy to the show, which we always love to bring uh, when we interview personalities. We've had a lot of great ones uh, in the past as well. So great interview we did with Kevin Powell. So the White Sox, you know, that fight, it was definitely something interesting yesterday, and it uh, it happened at a really interesting point in the season. And I think uh, I didn't have a chance to touch on this uh, point that I have with Kevin at the time in this interview that we did this afternoon prior to this episode, but it is really interesting how that fight that happened at Guaranteed Great Field yesterday between the Royals and the White Sox uh, especially Tim Anderson and Brad Keller, the Royals pitcher, um, how that fuels the rivalry between the Royals and the White Sox. You know, if you think back a few years ago, the fight with Jordano Ventura and uh, Adam Eaton and Samarja throwing a few punches in those guys, Ned Yost out of the ordinary, holding all of a sudden holding back Chris Sale and talking to him. So it that 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 was another interesting one. It it just seems like. The Royals and the White Sox always go at it for some reason. Like of the teams in the division uh, that the White Sox face, the Cleveland Indians, the Detroit Tigers, the Minnesota Twins, and along with the Royals, the the opponents they face in our division in the AL Central. To me, as a sports fan and as the host of this show, it kind of seems like the White Sox and the Roy of, of those teams, the White Sox mesh the most, have the most interesting competition situations with the Kansas City Royals. Not just in that fight situation, but the competitiveness of games, you know, how a team, most of their rallies are against some of those teams, like the Twins and the Royals. It's just really interesting. Like, every division has that team or two that really gets to them the most, and they have to really have uh, the best adversity against, you know, even if you look at the Cubs and the Cardinals. To me, that is the Royals and the White Sox right there. That's the White Sox and the Royals in the AL Central compared to the NL Central. So, once again, real good insight. So that was a real great uh, uh, Sox talk, and we're going to obviously feature more baseball throughout the season on the show, uh, continuing to cover the seasons of the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox every step of the way here on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. We also continue to cover the Bulls offseason uh, as their season finished, not just this week. Uh, we're going to talk a little NBA playoffs when it comes up pretty soon. And, uh, of course, covering everything for the Bulls all the way through the offseason, the NFL draft, the NBA draft. We're going to cover everything for the Bulls every step of the way, including the draft coming up in the summer, off-season free agency, and more. 
We're also going to continue to cover the offseason of the Chicago Bears. Their schedule is just released, so stay tuned for some future sports talk on that coming up as well. And we're going to continue to do the Redbird Sports Update. That will be coming up in the next week or so, as well as more collegiate sports talk. So now we're heading into the end of the show that everybody loves and enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and comparing it to modern day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook and Twitter page and post their own sports movie moment favorite. So mine is a really sentimental choice, I think. Uh, growing up, I've always been a big fan of baseball. That's kind of how I got into the area of sports broadcast. My dad really uh, helped me find my own love of sports through the game of baseball at first, watching it as a fan and uh, going to games and then finding it in basketball and football. But when this movie came out, it was just really something that kind of stood out to me in baseball history and sports history. And it, it, it's 42. And, you know, if anyone hasn't seen this movie, if you like baseball – if you like sports movies based on a true story, you know, like you remember the Titans, you're, you know, uh, so many other ones that are out there, radio and, uh, you know, basketball movie like Glory Road, especially we talked about on the show in the sports movie moments. This is kind of the first time we've used this movie in, uh, this segment before. And it's 42. I, like I said, so 42 is, you know, it covers the story of Jackie Robinson, who wore the number 42 in Major League Baseball when he was a player for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And it's just really interesting, you know, when you have a movie that's based on a true story like this, a lot of fans always wonder, how can it be captured historically accurate, but also the right way? You know, that's definitely something that is most important when one of those movies is being done and... To me, that's what I find the most interesting. So the scene I'm picking from the movie 42 is going to coincide with that fight that we just mentioned. And uh, Kevin Powell and I talked a little bit about in that interview earlier on in this episode about what happened between Brad Keller and Tim Anderson. And the scene is Jackie Robinson coming up to bat. And he's facing Austin Mueller. He's the pitcher for uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates at the time. And... You know, he's obviously facing some adversity, and, you know, they're playing in the game right now and, uh, and such, and things are going pretty well for Jackie. You know, he's having a really good rookie year, taking the league by storm, being the first black player in uh, baseball history to uh, play in Major League Baseball at the time. And, you know, he faced a lot of adversity, but he had that eye of the tiger mentality. He's like, hey, God built me to last. I can go through this. Uh, no one's going to stop me from you know, making my mark on baseball and just changing the game forever, changing uh, the world forever. And obviously that was a different time in history. So uh, that was definitely, the movie really captured well, I think, um, you know, different stuff and everything. But this fight, especially uh, during the game, is definitely similar to what we see uh, with certain brawls between teams in modern baseball as well. Uh, like the White Sox and the Royals game yesterday at Guaranteed Rate. So Jackie's up to bat, you know, he's getting in his batting stance, getting set. And all of a sudden, he gets a ball thrown at his – it's going for his head. And, you know, even people that – I see the, you know, people post the YouTube clips uh, from the movie, you know, different clips from the movie scenes. I still watch it the same way I watched it the first time. 
it, it looks exactly the way things happen in modern baseball when a player is almost getting thrown to the head back when Paul Kroner caught that done with the White Sox, where Ostermeyer throws a ball, real good fastball, you know, real quick fastball right out of the, right out of his windup, and it is going for Jackie's head. So Jackie quickly ducks, and you know he gets past it. But then here comes the next pitch um, on Jackie's next at bat, and he gets hit in the head by Ostmuller uh, in that at bat. In that first at bat, Ostmuller's in his windup uh, and throws the ball. It hits Jackie in the head, and he goes down. So obviously the bench is clear. You know he's you know Ostmuller's teammates on Pittsburgh are going to support him, and Jackie's teammates with Brooklyn are going to support him. And you know they're trying to take care of things for him. Ralph Brinker was Brinka was a really Big supportive player, uh, Stanky, uh, the second baseman at the time for Brooklyn, when Jackie was at first, was a really big support to uh, Jackie through those struggles. The coach as well, but you know it it definitely highlights fighting adversity. You know if that's anything uh, that can compare to the White Sox and Royals uh, brawl yesterday, it's also because Jackie Robinson Day was earlier this week as well. So that's kind of why I want to relate those two together in uh, this sports movie moment this week. Not just covering uh, the situations together, but it also highlights the importance of the history of the game of Major League Baseball and of sports. You know, Jackie Robinson uh, not just changed the world, but also changed the game of baseball forever. You know, whenever somebody sees, uh, you know, when they go into a stadium, a kid or, you know, adult for the first time goes to a baseball game, in every Major League stadium, that number 42 number is retired for a reason. And I, I just really like that scene a lot from uh, what became one of my favorite baseball movies along with The Sandlot. So many great sports movies. It's kind of hard for me to pick and choose my favorites in each sport because they have so such great messages. And I think that scene from 42 really coincides well with uh, not just the situation the White Sox and the Royals had happen with their teams yesterday, you know, with their respective managers and Renteria and Yost and uh, two former Cub managers and Renteria and David Sfem. And, you know, the Tim Anderson, Brad Keller situation. But it also kind of leads to what can happen. You know, there's uh, Jackie Robinson uh, facing Ostmuller. And, you know, obviously he moves on to get rookie of the year. They get win the pennant. So he uses that as a lesson. You know, hey, I can fight even more adversity. It fuels, it fuels his uh, edge to even get better every time. And you see that type of character mentality in a player like Tim Anderson. For the White Sox you know he took that shot but he's like hey I'm just trying to play hard for my team I'm not trying to show off I'm not trying to you know be too flashy I'm here to play for my team he's a team first player just like Jackie was and I feel like that's a really perfect comparison so that is the Will Sports Movie Moment choice of this week and for this episode as well and if you haven't seen the movie 42 if you're a fan of Jackie Robinson his story and history uh, in the game of Major League Baseball and of sports and in the world just Go check out that movie. It's a really good one to watch. Harrison Ford, you'll recognize him from the Indiana Jones movies. Plays Branch Ricky very well. It was a very well-casted movie. So if you haven't seen the movie 42, go check it out. Once again, that is my Will Sports Movie Moment choice for episode 32. That is all the time we have in episode 32 of Will's 5th Quarter Special. Tune in next time as our upcoming episode will feature more sports talk on the Chicago Bears scheduling situation. And uh, Brian Farrell will be coming back on to the show tomorrow as uh, our guest co-host and he's going to be talking to us about the Bears schedule how it kind of uh can impact how the Bears prepare in the offseason moves they make in the draft and more 
we're going to talk some more Sox and, uh, you know, how they can do against Detroit, their upcoming matchups uh, against Baltimore on the road as well, and a little bit more about this fight as well. We're going to keep covering it. Such a big thing White Sox and Royals fans will never forget. And uh, we're going to cover more uh, sports topics as well. So we want to thank Kevin Powell of uh, WGN Radio, AM720, for taking some time to speak with us. And uh, his first guest appearance on the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk. Uh, Kevin is a uh, broadcast talent that I admire in the area of sports broadcast. That kind of helped in one of the many that inspired me to do this show and continue it the right way. And uh, I just want to thank Kevin Powell uh, for his time. And uh, Kevin, we really appreciate you on uh, coming on to this show. It means a lot uh, to the show uh, that we continue the brand of uh, good sports talks. So we appreciate you bringing that to the table. And uh, look forward to having more uh, good content uh, as well. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with fellow WZND and Illinois State University alum and WGN AM 720 White Sox extraordinaire Kevin Powell saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials. Go to WilliamDFarlow.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow. The fifth quarter never stops. Never stops. Never stops. Here on Will's fifth quarter special.